This is The Recap, a weekly reflection on the sermons of Fellowship Baptist Church in Mainville, Ohio, seeking to help you make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. I'm your host this week, Ryan Land, and I'm here with the preacher of this week's sermon, Brent Wilson. Brent, how you doing today? Good, man. Good to be here with you. We're in the 11th to 12th grade classroom. We've switched it up. Because uh, new carpet is going to be installed in the recording room soon. So it's very echoey in the other room. It is it's very it's concrete echoey. Floor. I went in and, and it yelled. stinks because of chemicals. Yeah, I went in and yelled just to see how echoey it was. Uh-huh. And the answer was very. It was very <laughs> echoey. Did you do the Grinch echo? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, but I should have. I yeah. should have. Uh, so really, uh, you know, John 13, is that yeah, right? That's where we're at. John 13, really uh, a lot going on in this, this story. Uh, there's a lot we could talk about um a lot we could you know you know focus on uh, specifically i'm thinking of like uh, by that time the devil had entered judas iscariot and do a whole, whole thing we on could that. do a whole thing on that but we're not that's not what we're gonna <laughs> it's not what we're gonna focus on and no one wrote that in as a question so thank goodness we're not gonna talk about it um, because it's confusing but we we just have a couple of things i think that are really important to talk about i, I think you had you know overall i think you hit some really important, uh, really applicable, practical, pr- practical, practical things uh, we could do. And so let's just kind of run down, um, uh, you know, three things. I see you've written here, like three things that we can do to, to serve like Jesus. So. Yeah. So, so the main thrust of the sermon, just as a quick recap, there are, if we're going to serve the like, recap, the recap, if we are going to be a people who serve like Jesus, there's really three things from this text that we need to know or have or look at or get into our hearts to be able to do. So one is we got to have love, right? You're not going to serve someone selflessly, right? You can serve for, you know, the motivation being wrong, serve yourself, but you're not going to serve someone genuinely and selflessly unless you actually love them. Um, and that love has to be not just a feeling, right? What if you you know, wake up one day and you, you know, you know, you should serve your spouse but you just don't feel the butterflies in your stomach like you did on the day you married them, and mm-hmm. so you're not going to serve mm-hmm. them. Of course, that's not what we're going to do. And so love is not just a feeling. It has to be a choice. You know, how do you know you love somebody? Well, it's not just because you tell them. It's because you see it in their actions. Yeah. And so we have to choose to love people. And so whether that's our enemies, our best friend, our family, our spouse, um, just a, another, another church member or your boss or whoever, you got to say, you know what? I'm going to love them today. Yeah. And that love is going to be manifested and ultimately serving them. I think like that thing about feelings is super important that you just said, because, you know, I think a lot of times, especially in, in 2023, when something's like too hard, we just say like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's too hard. Mm. Right. Like I think specifically like about like, you know, social anxiety or uncomfortable, like things we're uncomfortable with. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. But I think if, if, you know, motivate, like if you're going to do it for someone else that you really love and care for, You'll probably do it. Maybe it'd still be hard, but you'll mm-hmm. you'll you'll take up and do it. And, and I think about Jesus in the garden, you know, praying and sweating blood mm. over the you know the anxiety, like anxiety, right? yeah. the 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 fear. Maybe I like mm. I don't know, but and that he's still gonna do it, right? Yeah. And that it's like he does this the hardest thing. Mm. Uh, and so I think I you know it's like you're never gonna you're never always gonna just be like. Oh yeah, I feel like, you know, I feel like doing this. And so when you were talking about, you know, not having the butterflies, that's the image that came to my mm. mind is like, yeah. know, Jesus in the garden. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so yeah, we've got to love people, right. And choose to love them. Uh, second, you got to have humility. Um, and 
understanding humility, I think, is a hard thing because I think often it is seen as weakness. The world certainly sees it as weakness. Um, but humility not being this, oh, I suck, I'm a nobody, I'm garbage, I've got I've to try to view myself that way so I can lower myself. No, that's yeah. not it at all, but rather it's this, uh, we're going to talk more about this in a minute, but this confidence in oneself, in one's own identity, mm-hmm. so that you don't feel like you're missing out on something. But mm-hmm. So you got to have humility, you got to lower yourself or think more about other people. Uh, but, then, but then the third thing is you have to, uh, if you just have those two things, it's not enough. You've you got to see Jesus serving you. And that reality that Jesus serves you ultimately in the cross and dying and giving his life for you, a self-sacrificing, uh, a dying to himself kind of thing, only in seeing that are you actually going to get that into your heart and it change you, right? Um, we talk every week in our church about how the reason we give is because Jesus has already given to us. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason we serve is because Jesus has served us uh, yeah. and is serving us. And so it is a transforming work that he's done. And I've got, and so this is how we, we'll say a lot, you know, the gospel isn't just for unbelievers, it's for believers, right? Mm-hmm. We need it just as much. Yeah. I need the gospel just as much today as I did the day I came to Christ. And that's because it's the gospel that as I get it deeper, deeper into my heart, enables and empowers and motivates and spurs me on and changes me in a way that I want to serve. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So, sure. uh, so get it. Seeing that truth and getting deep in our heart, so we gotta we gotta love people. We gotta be humble, but we gotta see Jesus and what He's done for us, and and that'll that'll help us look at people who we don't necessarily love all the time. And go, man, Jesus loved me when I was a sinner, served mm-hmm. me by dying on the cross, self sacrificing love, and man, that changes me, that motivates me. I, I I'm gonna go serve this person. So yeah. I think you need all three of those things. Yeah. So I really I really loved this point about humility that you made that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's actually not a lack of confidence. It is, um, you know, it's, it's self-confidence. It's, it's security in your identity. Yeah. Um, and so let's, you know, tease that out a little bit. I, I thought it was, su- I thought it was a super helpful way to think about, about humility. And so, you know, tease out what you meant by that. Yeah. And, and I think the, an- another word that I didn't bring out as much, but I think also goes here is contentment. So yeah, if yeah. you are somebody who feels discontent in life, like you are lacking something, you're missing something, you need something, um, then you're going to be trying to get that everywhere. Whether it's I want to buy something or I need a relationship or I need more friends, I need more money, I need a better job. Like, you know, you're going to be looking for that everywhere. And so the idea of self-sacrifice to give up something for someone else mm-hmm. is going to be <laughs> red flag. Like I want nothing to do with that because you already feel uh, uh, insecure, like in need, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so you're not going to serve people. And so, the opposite is true. That if I feel content, like, man, I am just happy and contented with where I'm at in life. I have everything I need, and and not because I'm I'm rich, but just this, you know, Philippians four thirteen, right? I can do all things through Christ, yeah. which is I can be content through Christ. Yeah. I can have much. I can have nothing, and and be happy, be content. If I'm there and I'm, I'm satisfied and at peace. Well, then to give up some of my time for someone else isn't a big deal because I'm not desperate for something that I'm missing mm-hmm. out on. Well, this is kind of a funny story I want to tell, and it may not make sense, it, it, but it, for, for my life, it it was a, a moment where I, I got this. So growing up, um, 
one of the, you know, and this may be true for other people, I don't know, but one of the big fights you always have with your friends is it's, it's who calls shotgun first <laughs> and, 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 and can run, run yeah. to the door. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether you call shotgun or you, you try to beat somebody to the front, like sitting up front was a position of, of honor, dignity, and dignity. And, yes. and like you were the important person. It meant you were, you were the, the winner. That's right. Right. And so, you know, I grew up with three siblings and had a bunch of friends and we'd always ride together places. And so to sit up front for whatever stupid reason was, <laughs> was this big idea, the, big deal. The peak of human, yeah, human yeah, yeah. culture. And so I remember I went to college and this idea is still in me. And I remember um, uh, me and a bunch of friends walking to the car and um, uh, me kind of getting there quickly. Um, and then I think someone like beat me to it or something or just kind of naturally uh, and, and said, hey, man, you can have the front. And I was like, like, you're just going to give it to me? <laughs> like, what do you mean? No one even said shotgun. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. And it was just like this. And this dude, uh, his <laughs> name's Cameron Pugh. is my roommate in college for a while. And it just the humility from this perspective of like, it didn't, it, he wasn't missing something by not having the front. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe you can have the front. You know, I was like, well, maybe yeah. I don't have to have it. Yeah. And it was just this, this stupid moment for me. It was where I realized this, he didn't need it. Mm -hmm. in a way that I felt like I needed it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that just helped me understand it is contentment and uh, confidence in oneself and who you are and whose you are, right, that you belong mm -hmm. to Jesus, that enables you to say, huh, I can let someone else have this. I can give up <laughs> something for someone else. Yeah. Well, I, it made what it made me think of was I had a conversation with a student this week, and she kind of asked me, like, how how do I share my faith with someone and and not sound weird and not be weird, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's a question pretty much every teenager has. And so yeah. uh, I, I think that this is actually at the heart of the answer to that question because my answer to her was like, yeah, it's just weird sometimes. <laughs> like, it's just weird. But are we willing mm. and are we content with our identity in Christ? Mm. That's good. That we don't, we don't have to, like, fear people thinking we're odd or thinking we're weird or mm. making situations uncomfortable because like we already have the approval of Jesus. And, and I so, don't need your approval. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't we don't need people to think we're cool. We don't yeah. need think people to think we're capable. We don't need people to think that we're yeah not awkward, right? Like we like if some rando thinks I'm awkward, I don't care. And you know it's interesting. Oh, I feel like a lot of times people say say that, right? Like, I don't need anybody's approval. I don't, I don't need anyone to tell me I'm right or wrong. I'm just me and I'm my own style and I'm my own thing. Mm -hmm. But really that often comes from a place of great insecurity, insecurity. trying to muster up security or confidence mm -hmm. to overcome that. But that's not what we're saying. Yeah. And we're not saying you're so awesome. We're saying, I know what the father in heaven thinks of me. Yeah. Uh, that's what Jesus is saying here, right? Like I, I know who God has sent me. I know what he sent me to do. Mm -hmm. He's my father. And so it's I know who I belong to, and I know how valuable I am because of the cross, and therefore I don't need this stranger. His approval or disapproval of me doesn't move the needle one way or the other. Yeah, that's helpful. I like that. Yeah. the 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 only other thing that I I really wanted to to say was when we were at this youth conference, we heard a story uh, of these. You, you mentioned you know using the Tim McGraw. Can we just say for a moment yeah, that yes, to, to our we, church that, we need to address this. <laughs> um, what do we got to do to get people to amen? And literally someone yelled out when I said Reba McIntyre or Shania Twain, someone said, preach it. 
I'm like, yo, <laughs> preach. And well, I loved it. It was awesome. But I'm like, how do we get, how do I get that every week? How do I, how yeah. do I say a, drop a truth bomb about Jesus and someone go preach? Yeah, yeah. I need our, it, church. Our, I need you to do it. Our building has never been more live, more lively <laughs> than when we were talking about like early 2000s country music. Yeah. Which I just want to put it out there like, it, I'd have been yelling preach if you'd have been talking about uh, like Waylon and and Willie Nelson and uh, you know that that's the that's the that's, that's, that's the era country I like. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, yeah, that was that I'm was. I'm Garth Brooks, Brad Paisley era. That was funny. Uh, but so you're talking about you know this live like you were dying idea, and at the end you mentioned you know Christians don't have to live like they're dying because we already died, right? They, yeah. They're they've they've yeah. They've they've died to themselves. They've taken up their cross, right? They've given their life over to Jesus, and, and so we die every day. It, it reminded me of this story uh, that this guy told about these missionaries that were uh, they were they were in Africa, and they it was a group of like five or six missionaries, and they were American missionaries in Africa, and they were hiring a boat, to sort of take them down the Horn of Africa, and they were going to stop, you know, along the way and evangelize and 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 disciple kind of along along the the trip. And it was a pretty dangerous trip. And, you know, they were going to go meet with, uh, they were going to interact with people that had never interacted with, with uh, people from the West before. And so it was just pretty, pretty, pretty dangerous trip. And so they were kind of getting, getting uh, teased and sort of ribbed by the, the captain. He was like, you Americans are so dumb. You're just going to come down. You're going to spend all this money to get on my boat. And then you're, you're just going to die. You're just going to go on there to die. And so you're just kind of teasing them, teasing them, teasing them. And finally, one of the missionaries said, you know what, Captain, I think there's something you don't understand about us. And he said, oh, yeah, what's that? And the missionary said, we all died a long time ago. Mm. Just that, like, we we gave our lives up. Yeah. They're not valuable to us, right? Mm. We Like, if we lose them, like, that's okay. Worst thing that happens is they send us to heaven early. <laughs> yeah, for real. And so that was, I mean, it's a really powerful story to think, you know, and, and I think an encouragement to yeah. us that when we have to do hard things, right? When Jesus calls us to do hard things, when, when, when we feel resistant to serving, when we feel resistant to loving, when we feel, uh, we feel ourselves getting puffed up or we're mm-hmm. resisting, uh, you know, moments of humility to be able to, to think like, man, I, I died. I don't have to be worried about myself because it's, it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Galatians 2.20. Yeah. yeah. And so. Yeah. Here's the only frustrating part about that. And you just a little, little insight uh, for you listeners here. Almost every single week, uh, Ryan comes up to me and says, Hey man, great sermon, but uh, you missed this. And he drops this, this story on me. It's like, this would have been a great illustration. I'm like, why didn't you tell me that beforehand? I didn't know the sermon beforehand. <laughs> I'm going to start sending my sermons beforehand. Read this and, and tell me a story. Yeah. The only other thing I would have added was, uh, you talked about, you know, you talked about the president mowing your lawn or sweeping your floors yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I had to put the picture of, of Jimmy Carter, yeah. uh, you know, framing out a house at the age of 95, you know, with like an eye patch on <laughs> doing Habitat for Humanity. Like that is the image. Image, oh yeah, you know, of yeah. the the serving president. So yeah, no, that would have been good. Um, which that, I'd, which I'd have known. That's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only other thing I can think of. Um, uh, so, so the next thing I, I want to I want to point out here is uh, Peter. Uh, we t- I preached on <laughs> <laughs> this. This is I love Peter. This this, oh. is, this is this is maybe one of my favorite quintessential Peter. Peter. Yeah, you know, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, getting getting the question right to Jesus, who do you say that I am, and then immediately puts his foot in his mouth because he's like, no, Jesus, you're not going to go suffer and die. And he's like, get behind me, Satan. Well, here again, mm-hmm. uh, I read this quote that said, um, uh, oh, I wrote it down. Where is it at? Uh, 
Peter only takes what is it? Peter opens his mouth. Is it that one? Yeah, Peter opens his mouth just to switch feet <laughs> to put his other foot in. Um, and so, so here's Jesus. He 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 gets up. He's about to wash everybody's feet, and and Peter looks at Jesus and tells him no. Right? He's looking at who he professes to be the Messiah and God. He's like, you're not doing this. Do, do you think he thinks it's a test? And you like, know, and like that, he's gonna he's gonna pass. Maybe <laughs> all these other all these other idiots they like they, they failed. They're gonna let Jesus you yeah. know embarrass himself. Yeah. But he's like, but not me. I figured it out. Yeah, yeah. And so he tells him, uh, Jesus, you're, you're you don't wash my feet. You know, like you're above that. You're not gonna do that. And Jesus says, Look, <laughs> if I don't do this, you have no place with me. And so Peter's like, Okay, reversing course. Wash all of me. <laughs> I love, no, I love that. That's that's why I was laughing earlier. I love that he's. It's like the, his first gut reaction is like, No, you can't wash my feet. And then Jesus is like, you're, Well, if I don't, you're not one of me. He's like, Wash all of me. Yeah. Cleanse all of me, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's. I think it's so. It's yeah, quintessential Peter. And so what's going on here is uh, when when Jesus says, If I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. It's not that washing his feet was somehow this like magical or spiritual thing that Peter had to do to get saved or something. But rather he's saying, Peter, if I do not humble myself like this, Mm -hmm. then you won't be able to follow me because I have to humble myself like this to go and die on a cross for you so that you can follow me. And so he's saying, if, 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 if you're not going to let me humble myself, then you, you couldn't have any part with me because I got to go to the cross. Yeah. Uh, and they don't even, when he just flips and says, well, wash all of me. Right. Um, it's like, yeah, I, I want to follow you. So whatever you got to do, whatever mm-hmm. humility you got to put on, do it. So I can follow you. Uh, I think it's the idea there. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, Peter. I, I, I just thought it was, it was such a, 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 a great moment. And I think, you know, just doing some kind of self-reflection on it, what we tend to do is live in these extremes. Yes. <laughs> and so it's like, it's like, we'll, we'll, you know, do this one thing, you know, like, you know, we'll live in this one way and then someone will rebuke us. Or we'll get corrected in our thing. And we just like, we're going to go, we're going to go 180 degrees the other direction. <laughs> and it's like, maybe we only needed about a 60 degree correction, but it's like, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. We're going all the way. And so then it's like sanctification is almost like this. Well, you know, we're rotating, you know, mm-hmm. from one extreme to the other until we get, you know, sort of centered, set in place, yeah. centered. And so I, I like I, I it's funny, right? It's like first thing out of his mouth. You can't wash any of me. Second thing out of his mouth. You got to wash all of me. Uh, <laughs> and so, I imagine Jesus just chuckling <laughs> or I just like the face palm. Right. Just like, oh, my gosh. It's like, <laughs> that's yeah. some uh, that's some uh, EG EGR Peter. Yeah. Some EGR, extra grace required. Extra grace yeah. required. Yeah. The other thing that's really interesting in this story is um, commentators point out that it's a, some ways a reenacting of the mm-hmm. incarnation, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and so as Jesus rises from supper, reminds us as he rose from his throne, rose from his place in heaven, mm-hmm. uh, as he takes off his royal robes in heaven, just as he's taking off his outer garment uh, mm. to be born in a, in a, not in a palace, but in a manger, humble beginnings, now still taking on the role of a servant. As he takes up the towel, even wrapping it around himself, around his waist, reminding us that Jesus, put, just as he puts on the towel, he's put on humanity. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. And so this, I, I thought, always thought that was like a, or I thought yesterday that was an interesting, like, like why did John include that? Like that he wrapped it around himself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that was that was an interesting detail. Yeah, to include. So that's that's fascinating. And so just this this you know a mini picture of what Jesus has done ultimately mm-hmm. and 
uh, coming to earth, right, and, and humbling himself. And so yeah. Jesus' mission from the beginning is a, is a mission of servitude. Yeah, and would, could you even say, you know, it's like he he rises, he puts on humanity, to he goes and he cleanses oh, yeah. the dirtiest part of the, of Absolutely. the, of the disciples. Absolutely, didn't think about that, yeah. And so sure. it's like he, he rises, he puts on humanity, all for the purpose of going to cleanse the worst of humanity, the, the sins yeah. of the world. No, absolutely. And so it's almost like, you know, it's his, it's a, it's a picture. It's a moment of that. That is a metaphor mm-hmm. for Jesus's entire ministry for yeah, Jesus's yeah. entire mission. Yeah, yeah. Not that it didn't actually happen. That's not what I'm saying. Just yeah. that it's a, you know, it's, yeah, a it's a little signpost of a greater yeah. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, the other thing that's interesting about this passage, uh, that some of you may know, some of you may not know, maybe some of you have come from, uh, traditions where this was true. Uh, we in our church, we believe in two ordinances, right? So we believe in baptism and the Lord's Supper. These are the two ordinances we practice. Um, and I would like to point out, as as a first semester church history student, the very early church believed in two ordinances, <laughs> baptism <laughs> yeah. and the Lord's Supper. Uh, but there are some denominations, for whatever reason, have added a third one uh, to their repertoire, uh, which is foot washing. Hmm. And so in their service, they'll they'll practice foot washing. Um, Fascinating. And so I don't really know the history I, on that, and I don't. I know did not know that. Why they do that? Um, I knew I knew churches like did it like re, like regularly like yeah. during their service, but I didn't know they they elevated it to yeah, yeah. to an ordinance. And so uh, so I just want to come out and say we, you know one we don't think that, and two I, I think we should view this kind of this story in the same way that we view the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is a model prayer, right? Jesus didn't yeah. give us the Lord pray, Lord's prayer to just go repeat all the time. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to say the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. It's even, I think, healthy sometimes to say the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and it's good to memorize and good to know. But it's yeah. not something that you should be praying yeah. he, on the daily. He doesn't say, pray this. He says, pray then like, like this. Yeah, yeah. And so I think in the same way that the Lord's Prayer is this model, so too is this foot washing moment a model mm-hmm. for them to replicate like this. Mm-hmm. You should serve people in such a way um, that you are lowering yourself to do jobs that you might have thought were beneath you, mm-hmm. but there's mm-hmm. nothing beneath you. Yeah. Um, so I think it's this model. That- and and I also think it's helpful. It's like this isn't like a like a special thing that Jesus has invented, right? Like oh, that's a good in point. the in the first century, right? In in the ancient Near East, when you went into a house, usually a, a rich person's house, this this would be someone's job. Yeah. To do this, yeah. Jesus wasn't doing some like special thing no one had ever seen before. Yeah, no one's ever washed my feet before. What are yeah, you doing? Yeah. It weird. was it like. It was it was a routine. It was a it was a cultural thing that was going on when you entered people's houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I think you know. There's, so if there's no spiritual significance in washing feet, there is spiritual significance in serving people. Yeah, um, that's, that's good. the call. Uh, and so maybe that means you, sometimes you wash someone's feet. But what it probably more looks like is um, when someone's had a baby and you take them a meal. Mm-hmm. Or someone's in the hospital and you take them a meal, or someone's in the hospital and you go mow their grass, yeah, because they're not there, or serving people on how whatever way they need it snows yeah. and you need to go shovel he, someone's driveway. Here's one I just learned about, and 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 Darcy said that she's heard this from from multiple people is that when you if you're in a parking lot of like a, a you know a, a Walmart or Target or you know Costco or whatever, and you see a a woman by herself with kids. Uh, when she's done, like, ask if you can take her cart to the return thing. Oh, yeah. Because she would have to leave her kids True. in the car to yeah. go take the cart thing. And so yeah. um, that was just like, I was like, I would have never 
thought of that, right? I would have yeah. never thought to do that. Sure. And yeah. so that was that's that's something that she said to me one time, and it's just like kind of stuck with me. And so yeah. there's, I mean, and and one thing I think uh, we you were talking about this earlier, right? But you know about the shotgun thing is like this guy. He what did he do? He just like just gave Let you the front, front seat. seat yeah. Doesn't matter. But you know Jesus says, and this is I think this is in relation to money. But I think it, it could be applied here. He says, if you're faithful in the one who is faithful in little will be given much, right? And so it's like, we need to be faithful in these little ways of serving. There's little ways to be serving every day, to be serving your family, to be serving your church, right? There's there's these little ways to be serving. And so we need to be faithful. It's important to be faithful in those mm. in those little those little ways because it's yeah. actually just practice. Mm-hmm. So we can be we can be faithfully serving in, in bigger ways yeah. that come down the road. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I think it's true. You know, one of the things that we've done here at our church uh, in interviewing people, uh, I don't know if we did this for you, but I think we definitely did it for Darcy and, and even for Patricia, uh, our, our admin assistant, is to say, hey, is there any job that you feel like you, you wouldn't do? Mm-hmm. Not from a moral perspective, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. from a, like, if we need someone to go clean a toilet, mm-hmm. you want them to do it? Oh, I read, a, I read a great leadership book. Not, I mean, when I first felt the call to ministry and first started working in ministry. And it told a story about a senior pastor who anytime a young man came to him and said, Hey pastor, I'm, I'm feeling a call to ministry mm. and I, I want to go be a minister. He'd say, great. I have something that you can do right now. <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a job for you. I, I'm so the Lord has, has really ordained this. And, and I'm so glad you said that. Cause I really need your help with something. And he'd hand him a plunger and he'd hand him a toilet brush. And he'd say, all of the toilets in our church need to be cleaned. And th- their their reaction to that question and that yeah. request, he said it told me everything I needed to know about if they were ready for ministry or not. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, we just want to be a people. Uh, I, I, last thing, and we'll get to our question. Uh, the, big, the big idea, I think, that I only brought out a little bit in this sermon uh, is that Jesus is creating a kingdom of servants. And that future reality mm-hmm. that we're going to get to one day after we die and are raised from the dead and, and live in this kingdom, that future is breaking into the present. Yeah, and yeah. The church is supposed to be this, this appetizer, this mm-hmm. foretaste. This um, and I, I talked about it a little bit as an embassy, right? So picture, picture like um, I don't know, some you go to China and uh, or somewhere in the Middle East, and and we have a, an American embassy, uh, or uh, in the middle of it, right? Well, everyone functions in that embassy different than the culture around them, right? They may be in a Middle Eastern country where women can't be educated, but in, mm-hmm. yet in the embassy, there's educated women. There's, mm-hmm. The culture is different. Well, the church is an embassy in the middle of a hostile, broken, upside-down world. Yeah. And so our culture should be vastly different than the world. It should not mm-hmm. be marked by the world. And so when mm-hmm. people look at us, it should be like, why do these people not politically maneuver to get up higher. Why do yeah. these people lay down their lives? Why do these people go get on ships and go uh, across the ocean to tell people about their God and when they mm-hmm. might die? Why do these people serve? Why do these people care? Um, it's really, in some ways, an antithetical or the opposite of uh, a like an evolutionary or like a naturalistic worldview that yeah. says survival of the fittest, the strong survive, the weak die. Mm-hmm. We say, no, the strong serve the weak. Yeah. Um, and so the church should, people should look at us and go, man, I don't get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do they serve like that? For so. sure. For sure. I think, I think that's, I think that's so good. Uh, all right. Well, we got, we got one question this week and it was about a specific point in your sermon where you were talking about, uh, you know, serving when you serve, 
either it's been mandated or, you know, it's for your own benefit. You're not actually serving anyone but yourself is kind of what you said. And so someone wrote in and asked, well, can I serve in love even when the service has been mandated? And so what, what, how, how, how would you answer that? Yeah. So if you're obligated to do some sort of service, well, that could be your job. It could be mm-hmm. community service. It could be community service hours for school, whatever. Um, you're, you're, you're obligated to do the service. Well, um, I'll give shout out to Nathan. I was talking to Nathan about this question. He gave me this text, um, and it's in Colossians three, but also like a Philem- whole book of Philemon. Um, oh yeah. Uh, um, but Paul gives instructions. Also, Ephesians five is in, is in there as well. But Paul gives instructions to slaves toward their masters. He says this in Colossians three twenty two: Bond servants or slaves obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord, and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. This mm-hmm. same idea is, is repeated in those other passages, but Paul believes that um, you can serve, a slave can serve their master with love, with sincerity of heart. Um, even though they're compelled to do it. And so that alone, I would say, yeah, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, love isn't butterflies in your tummy. Yeah. Right? You don't have to love your boss uh, from, uh, you don't have to have feelings of love toward you. Like, you don't have to have the, you know, affection. affection. Yeah. Right? Uh, and I think this idea is really important that that sometimes we have to do the right action and let our hearts catch up. Yeah, yeah. So you've got a boss that is driving you crazy, and there's this opportunity, obviously, right in front of you to serve him. And you're like, mm-hmm. why would I do it for him? He mm-hmm. drives me bonkers. Well, you you do the right action. You go, well, I know I'm supposed to do it. I go do it. And let your heart be warmed by the action and catch up. And then those feelings slowly catch up behind it. And so love isn't feelings. Love is a choice. And so can you serve someone? Can you have mandated service and do it out of love? Yeah, because you're choosing to love. Yeah. Um, not choosing to have feelings. We don't care about your feelings. We care about what you do. Uh, let your feelings catch up. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and I think the other thing that, you know, is important, and we, we emphasize this, is, you know, doing, working with sincerity of heart and and working not as, you know, just as people pleaser, as I like that it says eye service. It's like we talk about playing, paying lip service a lot, but it says don't just do things to pay eye service, mm. so, but actually do these things as if the Lord himself is telling you to do them, right? As and it's if, to the Lord. Yeah. And so it's like you are under the authority of your boss or your teacher or whoever it may be because God has placed you there and, and your authority figure in their position. And so you can work sincerely and heartily because this is to the Lord and it's from the Lord. And so, you know, it's it's not, you know, you can take your your boss that you're not <laughs> agreeing with or getting along with out of the picture, it's like you say, the Lord has placed me here in this job, and all the work that I do is as unto him. Yeah. You know, there's these crazy stories about missionaries who are imprisoned and yet serve their captors mm-hmm. and pray for their captors mm-hmm. and love their captors. Well, Paul, Paul. I would say, you think, about, right? you think about Paul, it's like, you, you know, those 
you know, Roman centurions that he's chained to, you know, 24 <laughs> yeah. seven when he's writing, what is it? Philippians? Multiple books. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that, those dudes have been evangelized. <laughs> oh yeah. And loved and cared well, and, for and, and, and who, served. Who, who was it? Was it Paul or, or P- I think it was Peter who is in prison and like this earthquake happens, like, like God sends an earthquake and knocks the door off the hinges mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the guards are like freaking out because they're going to get Killed probably because they let Peter go, and Peter just sits he there. He just chills. And he doesn't leave. He's like, yeah. He serves those guys. Yeah. Lo- loving them, serving them uh, by staying in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think, um, I think through the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah, we can, oh, yeah. we can love our enemies. Jesus is washing. I mean, we could do a whole long talk about how Jesus is washing the feet of Judas. Judas, yeah. Um, but can love our enemies, serve our enemies, be compassionate and gentle. Toward our enemies, or those you know, we say enemies, right? those who mm. we just disagree with, or we don't like, mm. or frustrate us, or whatever. Yeah, none of them are selling us out to get killed. Yeah, you know. Um, and so, man, by the by, the power of the Spirit, we can love them and serve them, be gentle with them, uh, and man, it, that comes from a place of strength, right? Yeah, it's oh, yeah. easy to be mad at someone and to push them off, push them away, don't serve them, don't care about them. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Like that takes no effort, no strength. Mm-hmm. It, it it takes a strong person, a confident person who knows who they are. Right, and those who they are in Christ to humble themselves, to serve, and to love someone who won't appreciate what they've done for them. Yeah, and to do it not you know to serve your boss in this way to not do it because oh if I do this he's going to give me a raise or I'm going to have his good side or something. Yeah. But just hey, you know what? God's called me to do this. I've got an opportunity. I'm going to do it, and I'm not looking for anything in return. For right? sure. Yeah, that's tough, but yeah. So the answer is yes. Yeah, you can serve in love even when it's mandated. Because the service is ultimately to the Lord and for the Lord. All right. Well, anything else? Anything else for this week? I don't think so. Well, all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Thanks for joining us for the recap. We hope this conversation has encouraged you to keep striving to make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. If you aren't part of our church family, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday morning. We gather for worship at 1030 a.m. For more information, you can go to myfellowship.church. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email staff at myfellowship.church or fill out a question on our church app under the This Week's Sermon tab. Next week, we'll continue our sermon series, Encounters with Jesus, and we look to the hours leading up to the crucifixion. We hope that you'll join us next week. Be blessed. See you.